Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and the central thought of the prophecy of Malachi is the correcting of the priests among Israel for the coming of Christ as the messenger of God, and the advising of the people of Israel for the appearing of Christ as the Son of Righteousness. This is Matt Miller with Dennis Agashi. As we begin the life study of Malachi with our first program today, Dennis, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Matt. It's been a little while since I've been here. I'm happy to be here again. And we're really happy to have you. Uh, This is our first of four programs that we'll do on the book of Malachi. I just gave the central thought Mm -hmm. of this book. Could you develop it a little so our listeners can see why it's important that they would stay with us for the next half hour. Matt, I would say in a brief way, this is the last book of the Minor Prophets. And in the Minor Prophets overall, we can see God's purpose, man's unfaithfulness, but we all can see the Lord's dealing or Jehovah's dealing. Eventually, we see Christ as everything for his return. So this fits, the book of Malachi fits with this general theme of the entire Minor Prophets. It's like you said, Dennis, this is the last of the 12 minor prophets. That's correct. And the fourth program will actually be a summary of all these 12 minor prophets. Mm. It won't actually be on Malachi. uh, So we hope our listeners will stay with us through Malachi. Malachi is a very good book. I think we'll we'll have a good introduction to that today. Yes. And Matt, you know, you mentioned in the introduction there that Christ is the messenger of God— and he comes as the son of righteousness. This is just a marvelous revelation of Christ. You can see, in spite of the degradation of God's people, the Lord would never give up his people. And we can see this in the book of Malachi. And uh, you mentioned him coming as the son of mm-hmm. righteousness. That's, mm-hmm. in a sense, that's his name, the son of righteousness. Yes. S-U-N, shining brightly. That's correct. And he comes with healing in yes. his wings. Yes. Our next program, we're going to get into that in more detail. It's worthy of touching a little bit now. I I couldn't help but think of that. Uh, Recently, my physical brother in the flesh was in an accident, Mm. and he's in the hospital, and and there's a lot of prayer for his healing. But, you know, the Lord really wants to do a healing Mm -hmm. more than just physically. He comes as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. And that healing is not just to our body, but to our whole being, isn't it? That's really so. You know, in the conclusion of that verse, Matt, it says that, and they will be like well-fed calves 
leaping. A well-fed calf is one that's leaping full of life, and the Lord wants to make our inward spiritual condition like a well-fed calf. You know, uh, Witness Lee actually talked in this a little bit in this regard about with healing in his wings. So if the Lord is the son of righteousness coming with healing mm. in his wings, we need to let him fly around. Yes. Do you yes. remember that, yes, Dennis? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, Fly around us, fly above us, th- fly through us. Allow Christ to be everything to us. It's really a good picture. We need, really need to allow the Lord to have his way to come in and fly around Amen. in us, over us, through us, so he could apply yes. that healing yes. to our whole being. Right. Let me read a Malachi chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, to give an opening to our first section here with Witness Lee in today's life study. Jehovah has been the witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been treacherous, yet she is your companion and your wife of covenant. But did he not make them one? And the remnant of the Spirit was his. And why the one? He sought the seed of God. Take heed then to your spirit, and let no one be treacherous to the wife of his youth. For I hate divorce, says Jehovah, the God of Israel, and he who does it behaves in violence, says Jehovah of hosts. Take heed then to your spirit, and do not be treacherous. Let's go to Witness Lee now for today's life study from Malachi. Praise the Lord. That we have come to the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi should be considered as the uh, concluding word of the Old Testament. Uh, This book covers two sections. One section correcting the priests for Christ's first coming. Then the advising of the people for Christ's second coming. When God touched the priests, God touched their problem with their wife. The treasury of priests toward his wife damages his priesthood. Now, I would say a little word, a servant of the Lord. If you cannot have a proper life with your wife, these annuls your kind of service. As a priest, it annuls your priesthood. Then you are finished. This is quite serious. The priests, the servants of Jehovah, should be one with their wives. For what purpose? In order to produce the godly descendants, the godly seed. I hope that all you young people would and could hear this. Don't consider your marriage so lightly. You must be careful about it. We the brothers and the sisters, today all are priests. If we cannot live well with our spouse, how could we serve the church? So this is no joke. In the whole Bible, even in the Old Testament, Moses touched this matter of divorce, and in the gospel, the Lord Jesus also touched this matter, and then in the epistles, the apostles also touched this matter, but I love this portion of the word in Malachi. Why? 
It is this portion that tells us in marriage, our God made the husband and the wife one to produce the godly children. Dennis, in the Gospels, the Lord Jesus uh, referred to this as an evil and adulterous generation. Mm. And uh, this is a very serious word. And since every New Testament believer is actually a priest, we can apply this word to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's a serious thing to have our service annulled by not being careful about the matter of marriage. So let's talk about this phrase, the seed of God Mm -hmm. in Malachi Mm 2.15. I was just impressed uh, with the verses that you read, and of course, of Brother Lee speaking, these three words here. Uh, when it relates to divorce, the Bible uses the word, this is treacherous, and this is violent, and how the Lord hates this. And we can see that, as our brother shared, if we do want to serve the Lord and serve the church in a proper way, we must have a proper married life with our spouses. Uh, this is a prerequisite, and this is very, very important. But what impresses me equally, Matt, is that this phrase that Brother Lee shared, did he not make them both one, or did he not make them one? In other words, marriage is the oneness of two people, and this is very similar to the oneness of God and man. So a divorce in God's eyes is like a divorce between God and man. When man receives God and God in Christ comes into man, eventually you have such a oneness between God and man. And to break that oneness between God and man is a very serious thing. Just as to break the oneness of a husband and wife, the Bible calls this treachery. Eventually, because of this oneness, you have the seed of God. This is, I believe, a unique phrase in the, in the Bible. I don't remember this particular phrase in the Bible before. Or godly children as an expression of God and man or a husband and wife coming together. You know, Dennis, in the context of this one seed the godly offspring, yeah. he tells the priest to take heed to their spirit. Right. I couldn't help but think of the, the Apostle Paul's word in Galatians mm-hmm. where he said, our flesh is warring against our spirit. Yes. We need to take heed to our spirit in right. this matter to stand with the Lord in his hating of divorce. Absolutely. You know, Matt, it's interesting that you brought this matter out because our spirit is the source of our conduct. And one way to take care of our spirit in a very practical way is to take care of our conscience, which is a very large part of our spirit. In Acts twenty four sixteen, as Paul was appealing to the Sanhedrin, he mentioned that I have exercised to have a conscience without offense before God and man. So Paul was taking care of his spirit by taking care of his conscience. It turns out that when you have a divorce, it usually is because there's an offense or numerous offenses in the conscience. So this is an important point, putting together the matter of the spirit and this matter of having the oneness here between God and man.
You mentioned the comparison, Dennis, between uh, God and man being one yes. through salvation and a husband and wife being one through marriage. Yes. I couldn't help but uh, think of 1 Corinthians six seventeen, mm. how he mm. who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Yes. We need to take care of our spirit to take care of our oneness Absolutely. with the Lord. Well, this is a major point that we could probably spend the whole program on, but <laughs> we're going to have to move on. Malachi 3, 1 says, I am about to send my messenger... And he will clear the way before me, and suddenly the Lord whom you seek will come to his temple. And the angel of the covenant whom you desire, he will come, says Jehovah of hosts. Then I'm going to read a verse from Haggai, chapter 2, verse 7, which also refers to this matter of the Lord being our desire. And I will shake all the nations, and the desire of all the nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says Jehovah of hosts. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Christ will suddenly come as the angel of the covenant, whom the people of Israel seek and whom the people of Israel desire. He himself becomes the goal of our hope. And he even becomes the desire to us, not only to us, but to the nations. So he is called the desire of the nations. Christ is really the desire of all mankind. Every man desires to have light, to have peace, to be living, to be right, to be good. Yet they don't realize what they desire is all to get Christ. Christ is the light. Christ is the life. Christ is the peace. If you don't have Christ, you don't have light. You don't have life. You don't have peace. Even you don't have any kind of human virtue. Every bit of the human virtue is Christ. You have to believe this. So Christ becomes our desire. The human virtues, according to God's arrangement, are just expressions of the divine attributes. Love, kindness, patience, humility, all kinds of good things. And these are, with God, his attributes. God is love. So love is one attribute of God's being. And God intended to have all these attributes of his to be expressed by man, immense virtue. When we receive God as our life, he lives in us, then he lives day after day as love, expressed through our natural love. Then this is the virtue. This virtue must be Christ. If you have no Christ, you will have no attributes of God. When you have Christ, you have the attributes. So Christ is our desire. Even unconsciously, with the unbelievers, they don't have the knowledge, yet they do have this desire. They desire to have light. They desire to have virtues of all kinds, loving kindness, patience, endurance, so Christ is really the desire of all nations. Dennis, that's a good stopping point. Mm-hmm. Christ is really 
the desire of the nations yes. because people are seeking and chasing mm-hmm. after so many things mm-hmm. to try to fulfill their desires, mm-hmm. but they just don't realize, do they, that Christ is the desire of all the nations. Absolutely. And it's amazing that this portion is found even in Malachi, the very one whom you desire. And this shows that the aspiration, Matt, of every human being is really desiring something. People in the world think it's this or that. Actually, it is really Christ, because Christ is the reality of all these things that people desire. When we have Christ, we have him as the reality of the desire of the nations. And Matt, I was just thinking in the context of the last fellowship we had, that in the degradation of the people of God, they entered into the situation where they were treacherous towards their spouses. Actually, the real proper human married life that people desire, the reason why we get married is because we desire a proper human life. The reality of that marriage life is really Christ. Christ himself. Without Christ himself, our marriage life doesn't have a lot of meaning. When I uh, first was considering marriage, Dennis, uh, an older one talked to me and counseled me. He said, if you want to have a proper marriage, you have to have the reality of the marriage. Mm. And, you know, every shadow has a body. Yes. And the reality is Christ in the church. Yes, that's right. Marriage between a man and a woman is just a shadow of the real marriage, which right. is Christ in the church. Right. So the encouragement he gave me was, is give yourself to get into Christ in the church. Amen. And then the Lord will give you a good shadow. That's right. And I just have to testify, that's really uh, been my experience. Amen. Well, let's go on and uh, let me read some more verses here from Malachi. This continues in chapter three with verses two through four. And who will endure the day of his coming? And who will stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he will set as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and purge them like gold and like silver. And they will offer to Jehovah a sacrifice in righteousness. And the sacrifice of Judah and of Jerusalem will be pleasing to Jehovah as in the days of old and as in the former years. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Christ, as the desire of the nations, comes to execute upon Israel the covenant that he enacted through his death. At his third coming, through his death, he enacted a new covenant. And even that new covenant itself is Christ. So... He enacted this new covenant 2,000 years ago. But today, generally speaking, all the Jewish people have not been benefited by this new covenant. But when Christ comes back, he is the angel of covenant to execute this covenant over the repentant and believed Jews. By that time, they all will be the beneficiary of the new covenant. Do you know that? In the millennium, in the thousand years, the repentant Jews who got regenerated through the new covenant, they will be still remaining on this earth to be the priests 
for them, for the Jews in the thousand year kingdom to be God's priest, to serve God on this earth, to take care of all the living nations, that will be a big job, yet they need God's refining. They need God renewing. They need God's purification. That is God's sanctification and God's transformation. Who will do this? Christ. Christ will do this at his second coming to refine and purify the sins of Levi the priest like a refiner's fire to burn and uh, like fuller's soap. To do the same thing, we all need to be burned and we all need to be what? Washed with the best detergent every day today. Every day, Dennis, we need to be washed Amen. with the best detergent. And uh, here the Lord refers to it as fuller's soap. Mm. Fuller, I looked at it. Some of the other translations use the, the word launderer's mm. soap. Mm. So there's really a, a good cleaning done. Mm. Uh, in the first part of this section, Witness Lee was referring to the covenant. And we're going to yes. get into that more. Mm. So I wonder if you could develop this matter of the cleaning, the cleansing on a day-by-day basis in a practical way for our listeners that... Witness Lee just concluded with there. I'd be happy to, Matt. You know, Malachi begins with this statement. The Lord says, I have loved you. And they respond by saying, how have you loved us? Mm. And so you can see their reluctance and even, I would say, their brashness towards the Lord. Yet the Lord would not forsake them because he comes to them as the refining fire and the fuller soap. And so even though we may reject the Lord, the Lord would not reject us because he has a purpose and he has an intention. And he comes to us to refine us, to deal with us, and wash us with the fuller soap that we could be a proper spouse, a proper bride, eventually to marry him. So I'm just impressed that this section here related to his refining is very practical, yet it also fits in the context that the Lord really desires his people. We may forsake him, but he still would come to us to still refine us, to wash us that we could be his proper people for his expression. And Matt, this just reminds me You know, at the beginning you said, how is this practical in our experience? Two verses just came to my attention. The first verse was in 1 John 1, verse 9, where we have the washing of the Lord's blood. Our sins are washed away by the Lord's blood. But we also have another washing, and that washing is found in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, where it says that we are washed, we are sanctified, we are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This second washing is not a washing of the blood. It is a washing by the Spirit. So by these two washings, the washing of the blood and the washing of the Spirit, we are the purified ones, we are the refined ones, that we could be the beautiful bride to match Christ. Well, Dennis, I appreciate those practical helps. I want to add a third washing, mm. and that's in Ephesians chapter 5. Oh, yes. And I'll just read verses 25 and 26. Mm. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, mm. that he might sanctify her, cleansing her by the washing of the water mm. in the word. So we have the washing of the water in wow. the word. 
We have the washing in First John that you mentioned. When we confess our sins, he cleanses us by his blood. Yes. And then the other cleansing that you mentioned is the washing through calling on the Lord's name. Right. Marvelous. Dennis, thanks for coming in and being with me for the beginning of the life study of Malachi today. You're welcome, Matt. We appreciate it, Dennis. Thank you also for joining us today. We hope that you'd call us at our toll-free number, one eight 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 life study That's one 543 3788 or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Dennis Agashi, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll join us again as we continue with the life study of Malachi. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The Lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God. And the Dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the Lamb and the Dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.